1: More resources available online at jennifer-jackson.org. This is Simply for Women.
2: Yes, it is. And you're listening to Jennifer Jackson. But today, we are continuing the conversation that we started yesterday with Rachel Patton and I am so thrilled to have you back again today and so I wanted you to continue we were right in the middle we're right near Crab Orchard West Virginia (laughs) and we are talking about you grew up in a home with 17 total siblings right that's right Jen and a mother and father who stood with you through it all
1: (laughs) they did they did yeah you know my mom um Felt really sad. She said, "Every time I send one off to college, I know they're not coming back." Aww. And that was very sad for my mom. But yeah, but they sent uh, they sent us all off to college, so we got that. But, but I want to to that's try to that, that's a oh goodness, think of the money, Jen. Yeah, I can't even imagine it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the power of prayer, though, I think, mm-hmm. is what sustained us. Um, my brother Carl was in the Korean War, and he was on a ship that had been. Uh, in an area where there had been some bombings and we hadn't heard from him for about a month. And my dad was really concerned, but my mom was busy with kids and didn't see as much Mm. news and all as my mom did. But my dad knew and he told my oldest sister, Ruth, and they prayed secretly for Carl until they could hear from him before they told my mom. And they did hear from him and he was safe. And at that Ooh. point, they let my mom know. But uh, we think they probably prayed him through that to get there. And, I'm sure uh, yeah, they did. Yeah. You know, my mom had 17 children, and it didn't get any easier as she got older. And when my youngest sister, Becky, was born, my mom prayed, Lord, just let me get through until she's old enough to put her own coat on. I don't want her to be cold. Mm. And we didn't know that story until we were having a 40th birthday party for Becky. And mom told us that story. And uh, Becky was 40, and so she was certainly capable Mm -hmm. of getting her coat on and many others. But Mm -hmm. uh, my mom, we always said she had a hotline to heaven. If we really wanted something, we made sure she knew to pray about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And because she she did have a hotline. (laughs)
2: Well, she prayed all the time.
1: She prayed all the time. She prayed when she ironed. She prayed when she cleaned. And, you know, we had that national day of prayer, which our church participated Mm -hmm. in. And she would go and sit in that pew and pray all day. Of course, she prayed for a nation. It was more a day to pray for a nation. But uh, she prayed for her family. She prayed for our community. She prayed for the politicians. Wow. Um, Yeah. She spent she spent a lot of time on a church pew and on her knees.
2: You know? And and we think we don't have time to pray and we didn't have 17 children.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so
2: she found time. She found the time. Midst. She God, found, was the midst God was in the midst of it.
1: God was in the midst of it. That's the way to put it. When she cooked, she prayed. Mm-hmm. And my mom could play the piano. My mom was a school teacher. Mm, I didn't know that. Yeah. And, you know, she was probably smarter than any of the rest of us. She was a school teacher. She played the piano. And when my mom really needed a break, she would go sit down at the piano and we would hear her sing. And it was she had a beautiful voice, beautiful voice, and so sometimes in our, when we were older, we'd go in and sit with her and sing and harmonize. Mm-hmm. But um, she was praising the Lord and kind of refreshing her soul by doing that. And yeah, uh, to
2: me, singing is a form of prayer.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure it was to her. I'm sure it was to her. Mm-hmm. I remember in that same room where the piano was, there was a rocking chair, and it was an overstuffed rocking chair, but made for one person. But I remember my mom reading to us, and we would be all over that chair and all over <laughs> her. We'd be leaning on the back. We'd be leaning on the sides. Mm. But somebody had a book they needed to read for school or something, and so we would. she would read out loud, and we would all... We I know there were 10 of us on that chair and around in the floor and all, but it was so comforting to hear her read and... Uh, and, and we
2: loved it. We loved it. And when we think about radio, wasn't your mom a fan of radio? Oh, my gosh. And we were so mean. <laughs> you teased her. We teased
1: her. And there was a lady, I she was Sister Sarah O'Neill, mm-hmm. and she was a, a female preacher.
2: Which and, was unusual in Which day. was
1: very unusual. Mm-hmm. But my mom loved to listen to her. And so one of my older sisters could get into that cadence <laughs> and would preach like Sister Sarah O'Neill. And um, I'm not sure if it was sacrilegious or not, but we were still (laughs) learning when my sister Loretta would take on the persona of Sister Sarah O'Neill and preach to us. That's uh, great. But my mom had a great sense of humor. She never never stopped us. My mom loved to laugh. Mm. And she saw the humor in a lot of things. Rather than being torn up by things, Mm -hmm. she saw the good and she saw the humor in them.
2: You know you have to laugh.
1: You have to laugh. But back
2: to the story about Becky and and she had to get the coat. Yeah. She must have been just completely worn out after 17 pregnancies.
1: Completely worn out. My brother that was born right before Becky was a very difficult birth. Mm -hmm. Of course, my mom's in her 40s by this time. Right. And, um, and that was, um, almost killed my mom mm-hmm, literally, mm-hmm. but then she got pregnant with Becky and Becky was born. And, um, so she knew, you know, that it was, it was tough and she was touch and go for a while. And, uh, that's when she prayed and the Lord certainly answered her prayers. That's why we are convinced really she had a hotline. She, her prayers were heard and answered. I um,
2: think her calling was to be a mother. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. And you know, Even if you have one child or two children, it's still a calling. It's It's
1: still a calling. An
2: important calling.
1: You know, there were 17 of us, but we still had friends, and we have a cousin who, when we take a family picture, most of the time he's (laughs) in it because... He lived with us practically. Mm. My uh, two brothers just older than me had a friend, Jimmy, and and Jimmy ate with us every night. It was just (laughs) like, there's a place for Jimmy. And, you know, my mom loved it. If they were hungry, that was something about my dad. We said my dad would have fed his worst enemy before he maybe punch them that's or something, right. but he was not going to let anybody go hungry. With that so, rife
2: garden, you could. That's right. <laughs> just that's right. Going. We did
1: feed the community.
2: We did, yeah. There's Even, something about a the core of a Christian family yeah. that there's a generosity there. Yes, yes. And that you give from what you have and what you can.
1: Yeah, and you know, I think that's what was instilled in my older brothers and sisters to be so kind and generous with us younger ones mm-hmm. because they had grown up, during the depression without anything mm. but then they saw that we had more than than they did you know mm-hmm. they were never deprived from food or clothing mm-hmm. but uh, we had some of the fringes because of them
2: i know? think sharing food is even to this day it's very important oh yes so valuable yeah. to do yeah. that Yeah, share what you have yeah yeah and so what what else anything else from mother rife
1: Oh, Mother Rife was, um, she was a prayer warrior. Even after we were all married and gone, my mom taught a Sunday school class and she would sit and study and sometimes she'd call dan or someone dan i have a question i'm not sure my husband is a lay pastor yeah and she would call dan and say dan what do you think this means and discuss it Mm. because she taught a women's sunday school class up into her 70s even her early 80s and uh, she never stopped studying the bible never stopped studying the bible
2: yeah you have her Bible? Who got to keep her Bible?
1: I think her Bible, Becky has it. But you know mm-hmm. what? We've all shared some wonderful notes that we found in her Bible. Mm. There was a letter that my mom wrote to many of us on a Mother's Day. Mm. And uh, she was thanking us for all of her gifts. And she was re- remorsing about when she couldn't give to us, but how generous we had been to give back to her. Mm. But, you know, we lived in such a loving family that we never knew we were poor. I had a high school teacher once that said, uh, how many of you think you're poor or whatever? And I never raised my hand because I never felt poor. Mm-hmm. Now, I was rotating my clothes between probably three outfits a week or something.
2: And your sister's hand-me-downs at that, probably. Exactly.
1: We shared clothes. We had to decide the night before what we were going to wear. <laughs> so we <laughs> hadn't decided in our mind to wear the same sweater or something. So we
2: did. Did you fight over that?
1: No, we were pretty good. You to, were... No, I'll wear it tomorrow. Then you go ahead and wear <laughs> it today. Yeah,
2: Yeah, we did. I, I could see that.
1: Yeah, we did, we did. But I never raised my hand. I never felt poor because poor because we felt loved and cared for and valued. And again, the message I want to give to young mothers is: be an example for your children. You know, and sometimes on Sunday morning, if it's difficult to take them, take them because you never know what they'll absorb. And how it will affect them all of their life, i mean i I remember Jen being taken to Sunday school and sitting on a little wooden pew. My older sister, Mary Ellen mm-hmm. took me, and she was the one that would get me dressed and take me and and she was my teacher.
2: did you all ever miss
1: um not very often my mom and dad never drove when i was growing up my older brothers and sisters mm. did but we always walked and and we were in the mountains in west virginia and the snow can get really high mm. and probably only when there wasn't a path to walk did we miss mm. but uh, no we went we went on every sunday yeah
2: i hear yeah. layers in this story i hear consistency yeah and yeah. i hear you know you didn't think you were poor Because of the love. Yeah. And if we could just grasp that for our families, the stuff doesn't matter.
1: The stuff doesn't matter. To this day, the stuff doesn't doesn't matter. matter. Yeah. You know, I'm in a small group, and I love my small group. And um, we're pretty much the same age, and so we're going through pretty much the same thing. And uh, we share stories. And, you know, we've come to realize that stuff doesn't matter. If you've got a group of good friends a group of good Christian friends that you can worship with and spend time with. There is nothing more valuable than that. Oh, nothing.
2: Get fellish. in a small
1: group, folks. It's worth it.
2: Yeah, they're yeah. like they become like family. They become like family. Sisters. Yes. yes. Well this has been a, a treat for me to have Rachel Patton here with us. And I want you to listen to to the next show because we aren't finished. There's so much good stuff in here. And just to Be encouraged today. Be encouraged that your family, wherever you're at, you can begin to put some of that Miss Rife right into your family. That consistency, prayer, love, Bible study, it is available to you. It's simple. You know, we're here This show is to take faith off your to-do list And just to help you live more connected with God Every moment of your day He is with you He is simply for you And so you've been listening to Simply for Women I'm Jennifer Jackson And if you want your story on the show Why don't you go to jennifer-jackson.org That's jennifer-jackson.org
1: We hope that today's show has been a blessing to you As you seek to simply live out your faith